Welcome to episode 8 of Carol at Christmas, a story told in 12 parts. Let's begin! Carol opens her eyes to the present moment. She is on the floor in the center of Crum and Jacobs, dressed in her pajamas, robe, and slippers. Frantic shoppers and overworked employees notice her just enough to step over instead of on her as they shop and sell and sell and shop. When she stands, a mirror is in front of her. Bedhead hair, smeared makeup, and all. Oh my, oh, oh my. Carol slinks toward women's apparel. Stella sees her and runs straight to her with eyes full of panic. Thank goodness you're here. The entire system is down. Unable not to be seen, Carol does her best to avoid the reality of the situation by lifting her stature back to her authoritative, um, somewhat threatening poise. I need to review the contract. Contract? The point of sale is down. We're losing sales. It's all just... Stopped! Lines are backing up, look! Begrudgingly, Carol looks around at the chaos. There are at least 20 customers in line at every single wrap desk. Behind each wrap desk are sales assistants in various states of distress. Some dip beneath their desk to cry. Carol stomps her feet fast and clenches her fist. It startles Stella. Carol's rage is usually frightfully composed. Oh, can't I have a moment's peace? Just a moment's a moment, a moment's peace. Credit cards won't go through. Calculating taxes is next to impossible. No one's used to making change without their- Did you call the company? It's something to do with the server. Are you wearing pajamas? Yes. Calculators. Are they at the stations? No. Do you, do, do you want to wear pajamas? No. Stella zooms through women's apparel and shoes. She hands Carol a black dress and black tights. Thank you. First, the pajamas, then the temper tantrum. Now, a thank you? It's almost too much for Stella to process, as can be seen on her flummoxed face. Bring down the knuckle busters. We're going old school? Yes. Stella's eyes flash with excitement. For those not in the retail know, before there were computers in stores, if you wanted to pay with a credit card, the salesperson would pull out a piece of equipment roughly half the size of a notebook that could be tough on the clerk's knuckles. I've only used those once during a tornado. Riveting. Get calculators, pencils, and paper to every workstation. Stella looks up at Carol, waiting for further instruction. Go, now. Carol marches off to the dressing room like a commander preparing for battle. Meanwhile, Stella instructs a dozen sales associates that she's gathered behind a cash wrap desk on the second floor of Crum and Jacobs. Calculate quickly, saving time saves sales. Now everybody in. She puts her hand down in the center of the group. Others put their hands on top of hers and then one another's. Merry Christmas Eve Eve on three. One, two, three. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas Eve Eve. Eve. Go get them! On the first floor, two associates struggle to calculate totals and handle money, while two more fold and bag purchases while making profuse apologies for each customer's weight. The line is full of overheated, exhausted customers brimming with holiday-fueled frustration. Carol marches behind the main cash wrap in her new outfit and fuzzy slippers. Her hair is pulled back. Next, customers halfway back in line heckle her. Come on, lady! We'll be here until Christmas! Carol folds the purchases of the first shopper in line while saying the price of each item and tallying the total out loud. 35, 35, 45, that makes 115. Again, from midway back in line, Carol hears a customer's grumbling. My Christmas will be ruined if 
I'm not out of here in the next five minutes. Carol keeps her focus. $90.95, that's $185 plus $115 for $350 taxable. That's $5402, $354.02, please. The customer she helps gushes her approval. Remarkable. I didn't know anyone could do that anymore. Anyway, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Happy, uh, New Year. Next. Carol's next customer is Beau, preoccupied with pricing and calculating the total of the many toys placed on the counter from his cart as another sales associate tries to keep up with bagging them all. She doesn't notice him until he says, I didn't think you were in the trenches anymore. What are you doing here? I thought I'd pick up a few gifts for those cliche cause kids. Saying that might have been a mistake. Nice shoes. I've been a little crazy. I, I mean, it's been a little crazy. Tis the season, right? You want to join me tonight in passing these out? There's a night before Christmas Eve party that the club is throwing. Carol gestures around to the ongoing Christmas shopping chaos. I don't think I'll have time. Of course. That'll be $2,364.92. Bo hands over his credit card. Carol places it in the knuckle buster, tops it with the triplicate form, and swipes the knuckle busting part of the contraption over it. Maybe I'll see you before I go back home. That would maybe be nice. Carol can't keep the rosy hue of a blush from forming on her cheeks. Bo hands the slip back. He picks up his many bags and gives her and the sales associates a smile and nod as he leaves. The sales associates are so dazzled with Bo that they forget themselves and the customers for a moment. Who is he? He's handsome. And deaf into you. Carol forces her face into a scowl before her lips can slip into a smile. She works alongside her employees until the crowd of shoppers dwindles enough for her to head to her office. As she exits the elevator, she hears her office phone ring over and over. In haste, as soon as she reaches her desk, she presses the phone speaker button. I thought I'd be seeing that contract on my desk this morning. What's going on? I was visited last night by a, uh, a couple of old friends. Then the server at the store went down. We're still on for lunch, right? Sure, but I left the contract at home. It's been so hectic. Not a problem. I'll bring a copy. We can go over the fine print and you can sign on those cute dotted lines. See you in 20. Right. 20. Bye. Carol looks at the slippers still on her feet. She switches her slippers for the spare pair of heels she's always kept in the office, just in case. Though this is the first time she's ever recalled needing them. One thing she wasn't prepared for is requiring a spare jacket. Off to women's apparel she once again goes. She grabs a suitable jacket, removes the tags, and walks the block to the 612 Brasserie, one of the upscale power lunch spots in the city. In the restaurant, she spots Spencer in a corner booth and takes her seat across from him. She doesn't notice Beau, but he sees her. He watches as Spencer smiles at Carol and pushes a contract her way. The two appear to be enjoying one another's company. That's what Beau sees from his vantage point at the bar. The bartender follows his gaze. His eyes land on Carol and Spencer. That's a frightening mix. Who's the guy? Spencer Benson. If he has his way, the whole planet will be nothing but warehouses, stuff, and buyers. Carol passes by the bar on her way to the ladies' room. Bo spins his chair to face her and says, I guess that maybe is a yes. When do you leave town? Christmas Day. I'm having dinner at my sister's. Both Bo and Carol's expressions sadden at the word sister. In Chicago? She loves the city. Who's the guy? Spencer? 
We're hashing through some contract details. What kind of? There's an NDA, so I can't really say. Excuse me. Maybe see you tomorrow. I have some more shopping to do. Carol gives him a little wave as she walks away. Once she's out of earshot, the bartender says, Rumor has it she's selling the store and getting out of town. To him? You got it, Watson. In the posh ladies' room, Carol checks herself in the mirror. You can do this. She touches up her lipstick. Go over the details. Make sure everything is in order. Sign the contract. Mallory appears behind Carol. <gasps> Don't be stupid. You know better than to sign anything in a restaurant. How do you? The chains only slow me down so much. He's still handsome. Bo, I suppose. Bo, I suppose. Oh, please. You should be eating with him, not with Spencer. It's a business lunch. I know. Don't sign. At all. I would have said something the other night, but I thought there was more time. If you're going to be stubborn about this, at least don't be stupid. You're the one who told me. <coughs> a toilet flushes. Never sign at a restaurant. Mallory vanishes. Carol shakes her head at herself in the mirror. People are going to think I've lost my mind. An older woman approaches the sink. The holidays get us all talking to ourselves, don't they? The older woman shakes her head as she washes her hands. Carol nods, then rushes out. Back at the table with Spencer, the plates and drinks have been cleared. All that remains between them is the contract. It's old school of me, but I uh, think I need to review this alone. Tonight, then. Once I've made sure it's all in order, I'll send it over. Call me with any questions. I hear Santa Claus likes to deliver by Christmas. <laughs> Once back inside Crum and Jacobs, Carol rides the escalator from the ground floor up, watching her employees hard at work and customers busy shopping on every level. Her expression is wistful. The Abra contract she holds in her hand feels heavy, like one of those awful chains wound around Mallory. On level three, Stella gets on the escalator a step behind Carol, holding a trashy romance novel. She peers over it to sneak a glance at the ominous stack of papers in Carol's hands. On the front page, in Carol's arms, Stella is able to make out the words, Purchase of Business Agreement Between Seller, Carol Crum of Crum and Jacobs, and Buyer, Spencer Benson of Abra. Sale date, December 25th. Unable to contain herself, Stella blurts, You're selling Crumb and Jacobs? Mind your business. Maybe if you put your snoop energy into your marriage, you wouldn't seek satisfaction from the romance bin. Jill and I are happy. I just like, well, how would you know what it's like to be in love? She looks at the ground, horrified of the words that sprung from her mouth. Fair enough. Carol turns her back on Stella. The day could not end soon enough.